What's up, everybody, and welcome in to another Farm to Fame, another different-looking Farm to Fame. I know my voice isn't as cool as Kelsey's, but here I am. I'm Pete Moylan. That's Maddie Mass. It's just the two of us today, so it's getting intimate. It's getting real intimate. We did this once before. We've done this once, but it's normally drafts. Yeah, yeah, we've only drafted. We're normally doing some kind of weird draft where you make <laughs> up the, the the draft and then I'm in there and I'm like, I've got this killed. And then by about six picks in, I'm struggling. So it's glad we're actually doing a, a proper episode, proper episode. But yeah, it was a good weekend. Kelsey's what wedding. Congratulations, Casey and Kelsey. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm sorry. Beautiful I from start to finish. We won't get into that. Ubering to and from. That's a long wait, Uber. I had to wait so long. It was like 11 p.m. I had to go back to Jake's room and just hang out in order to Uber out of there. So what time did you eventually get into bed that night? Like midnight. Well, not bad. No, no. And now they're in Jamaica, I think, that yeah. I saw on, on the socials. On the socials, we saw Jamaica. So mm. her dad with an electric speech. Electric. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that, that was the highlight, I think. Um, was was it funny or just emotional? It had every emotion. He hit it all. He hit it all. Wow. Good for him. That's huge. Yeah. Well done. All right. You want to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. We are going to talk about the opener. And our opener today is brought to you by who, Maddie? Oh, just DraftKings. That's all. Jeez, how bad. <laughs> Slide into stacks of cash this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payout during this MLB season? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, total runs, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. Let me just say, opening day, I'm not like a, the world's biggest better. I, I like the Villanova bets because I feel like I know that team better than Vegas. Opening day, though, I, I did a little same game parlay with the Yanks, and Garrett Cole was the only leg that didn't hit. He needed mm. like five strikeouts and he didn't get there. Disappointing. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did it give you a whole new level of uh, anxiety while you were watching? A little bit more of excitement? Oh, I was definitely roped in just that little right. bit more. Yeah. And that's mostly because DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOMBOY, bet just $5, and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code JOMBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Nice, Matty. Well done. You know what else okay. is well done? What's that? Kumar. It was well done, but yeah. I just think the whole situation still is brutal and the fact that he's having to go out there and do this. But anyway, let's get into it. If you don't know the situation by now, Kumar Rocker was drafted in last year's draft in the 
first round, 10th overall by the Mets. Yeah. Okay. Then there was an issue with his medical and they couldn't reach a deal. So now he's having to go back and prove himself and he's going to re-enter the draft next month. But he had his first pro outing, which was with the Tri-City Frontier League. The Tri-City, what are they? Oh, uh, Valley Cats, I think. The Valley Cats in the Frontier League in upstate New York. He went four innings, two earned runs, six Ks and no walks. He threw 60 pitches, 43 strikes. I think that's a positive. Fastball sat 95 to 97, which is good for him, right? I don't know what he's been doing up to this point. Anyway, uh, his slider was 85 to 87, touched 99 on a few pitches. Always good. He hit a batter, threw a wild pitch. There was a mechanical difference that was noticed that his arm slot was a little bit lower. So I'm not sure if that's on purpose. Either way, it's all positive as far as I'm concerned. And he should obviously get drafted again somewhere in the first-ish round. They're ranking him at 39 right now as far as the prospects. But, I mean, how can you – I don't know how you kind of – it's worth the risk is what I'm trying to think, I guess, is the is the takeaway. It, 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 as far as I'm concerned... 12 seconds later. I don't know. Did I freeze or did you freeze? I don't know which of us froze. One of us did. But as you were saying, if you can get him with the 39th overall pick, the upside is there. There you go. So... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. So for him, congratulations. Welcome back. First yeah. of all organized baseball again it's got to feel really good as i said i don't know what exactly he's been doing for the last 12 months but i assume it's been setting up revenge and he's going to have a chip on his shoulder and he's going to want to prove a lot of people wrong uh and that's added motivation as far as i'm concerned he's gonna he's gonna use that not that he needed it he was already a beast and he was already from more reports reports as hard a worker as there is so i mean Good for him. I'm I'm really pumped that he gets another chance or gets a first chance. Yeah. Really. No, I agree. I think that you would probably agree that not really sure why the Mets didn't just go for it last season. That's my point. There's been so many guys that have, you know, whether or maybe because it was a shoulder instead of an elbow. Maybe I think people look at elbows a little differently. It's almost like a, a 95% strike rate as far as recovery from Tommy John now. So whereas shoulders be a little bit harder yeah well the other thing that we wanted to hit on in this opener we got to do this josh smith made his mlb debut for those that do not know or maybe new listeners josh smith was our first ever interview josh and claire uh last summer when he got traded for joey gallo um so he is ranked the rangers sixth overall prospect and he made his de- debut this week. Um, I believe Brad Miller was placed on the IL, and then Josh got called up in his spot. And holy cow, he was Went off. he's off to a hot <laughs> start. Yeah. He yeah. is currently batting 417. And this is in five games. So batting 417 with a 588 on base percentage. 1.088 OPS. Um, he's got a steal in there. We're still looking for the first RBI, but he's got his double. 
it was just really fun to like watch the person. I feel like I feel like we were like ahead of the curve with Josh Smith. Oh yeah. And now we get to like watch. Yeah. I don't know. It was a lot of fun to watch him. And the reactions afterwards, obviously, with the uh, it's you know we've seen their whole journey. So this is this isn't this isn't obviously the end of it, but this is the beginning of the the final chapter because this is what the goal is. Yeah, I really liked like we obviously know Claire as well, and like watching her yes. reaction to everything. She got interviewed during the game. That was really fun to see. Um, they posted their vlog from his MLB debut. So right. for anybody that doesn't know, they run a YouTube channel. Go check it out. Getting Smitty with it. And it's just a complete behind the scenes look at life as a minor leaguer, now a major leaguer. The vlog that they did for when he got caught up and what that whole day was like is crazy. They were And even the calls up before this too. The calls yeah, yeah. up from each level before this. You get inside of the, even that is exciting, but the jump from AAA to the big leagues is that's the one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're uh, getting traded to the Rangers was a really interesting vlog to see that. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that was really good. Shout out Josh Smith. Now, unfortunately, he got taken out of the game last Friday with a shoulder sprain and he was placed on the 10 day IL, which is so frustrating because he was off to such a great start. Um, yep. But Ezekiel Duran, who I think is the Rangers number four prospect, and was another piece of that Joe, same Joey Gallo trade. Um, he he got, went deep too, right? Yeah. So he got caught up in Josh Smith's place, and he hit a homer, which was really cool. Um, both of their two debuts, Glenn Otto, another piece of the Joey Gallo trade, started both of those games. So I, people can figure out where I lay or land <laughs> on the Joey Gallo trade, but that is what it is. Let me ask you a question. Do you think now this is just a this is off the cuff? We obviously haven't talked about this, but do you think that there's a point where we're going to run out of prospects to call up? What do you mean? I mean, we are calling up a ton of young guys that in recent history probably would not have had a chance to get called up at this point because there would have been a veteran guy that would have taken their place. But yeah, it seems like they are rather than choosing the guy that's got three or four years big league time to get called up, they're going with guys that haven't had any service time and just trying their luck right now. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think that will necessarily run out though. It just depends mm. on, I guess, each team's individual depth. Duran, I believe was called up from double a. So right. how deep do you want to dig before you go with the, so guy the other day, the I don't know if you had, I don't know if you know this story, but there was a kid, an Australian kid that got called up to the Brewers the other day from Abel, Alex Hall. Did you see this? No. So I guess they were the closest city to where the Brewers were playing or if they were playing at home and they needed a catcher because they <laughs> had, and he was at three o'clock in the afternoon, got a phone call. That's crazy. And he said, hey, you're going to the big leagues. He thought it was a prank. You need to go and look at this interview or I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, send it. I'm going to send it to you right now. He's an Aussie kid. you got to see this interview because it'll absolutely make you laugh. That's great. All right, check that out. And check out also the moustache. And uh, it's basically, if you know Cameron Smith, the golfer, Yeah. it's Cam Smith, the golfer, in real life, in baseball terms. Oh, the moustache is already all time. Right? Okay, now just listen to this audio. 
What's going on? Here at three thirty this afternoon. I was actually uh, eating some Timberland spread and uh, playing some God games with uh, my buddy Darren Miller. And then, so what happened? Can you explain the, the chronology there? What happened? Um, Tom Flanagan uh, tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, "Can we have a word?" I thought all this can't be good. And um, we were in the office. Joe Aaron was on a Facetime, and uh, he just said that uh, I've evaded COVID for this long, but one of ours has gone down. That's nuts. So nuts. did he did he make his debut or he just on the bench? I think he was just on the bench. I haven't read into it, but um just that whole situation, like crazy. That you're sitting in A ball and then all of a sudden, hey, by the way, we need you to, to come to the big leagues. Uh and look, obviously he's gonna try and get back there as well. If he's I think he's been sitting down there, but he's gonna obviously try and get there, but no one can take that away from him. The fact that he's he was a big leaguer for yeah. a day. That's insane. Mental. Anyway, now you're gonna take us through. Let's go, Maddie. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the wheel here. This was a really big weekend in college baseball world. Um, Huge. This this was the first weekend of the real college baseball postseason, otherwise known as regionals. Yeah. And thank you. Specific to the Hudson Valley region, we have the Hudson Valley Renegades. For those that don't know, they are the high A affiliate of the New York Yankees. And for tickets, you got to call 845-838-0094 or visit hvrenegades.com. They play out of Wappingers Falls, New York. And we've got a special deal for you. If you buy one, get one lower box ticket the rest of the season with code John boy. Um, it's a fun team with a lot of guys that we could be seeing in pinstripes in a few years. Everson Pereira, Beck Way, Anthony Siegler, just to name a few. On top of that, new hats, new merch, new swag, only at the Renegades team store. And if you use that same code John boy, they'll take 20% off of your purchase today, which is just good news all around here. Um, so make sure to visit hvrenegades.com remember buy one get one lower box ticket the rest of the season with code john boy and at the same time go buy the merch because they have a fun logo in there as well uh, use that same code john boy for 20 percent off of your purchase from their store now let's jump back from those miners back to the college world i first wanted to just explain to everybody how the college baseball postseason works We're, and by everybody you mean me right yeah yeah thank you're you. in the everybody thank you just because we all know how ncaa basketball works you make a bracket everybody fills out their bracket i think that people are a little bit less uh in the loop with the baseball so i just For wanted sure. to quickly jump in there first i'm taking notes by the way so okay go Overarching everything, it's called the NCAA Division I Baseball Tournament. Now, you're also going to hear the phrase College World Series thrown around a lot. A but lot. that is specifically Omaha. reserved. Exactly. Omaha, College World Series. That's all reserved for the final eight. Okay. We start with 64 teams in the Division I Baseball Tournament. Once you make that Elite Eight, the final eight teams, that's when you take the trip to Omaha, neutral site, you're There's playing only eight the teams that World make Series. it out of 64. Exactly. So, Who, how did, okay, go. go ahead. No, 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 go. 
So if you were going to ask, how do we get from 64 to eight? We start with regionals. That was this past weekend. That's where every team that won their conference championship, 31 conferences, they all automatically make it to regionals. Then there's a committee that decides the remaining 33 teams that fill out the 64, the other 33 best teams that didn't win their conference, all 64 then get invited to go to uh, regionals. Okay. This was controversial this year because Tommy Tanks and NC State were not chosen as one of the 33, despite making the conference finals against UNC, who they ended up losing to. But that's regionals. You invite 64 teams, right. and the top 16 seeds host. They play as the home team for their group of four. So it's 16 groups okay. of four, and the top, you play bracket style, double elimination. The remaining one team after all of that goes on to super regionals. So mm. these 16 groups, you go from 64 to 16 in one shot. Those 16 teams now are competing in super regionals. Super regionals is a 1v1 matchup. So if I'm Tennessee and I won my is it regional, a, Is it like a round of three or is it one game? Yes. No, it's not one game. Okay, good. So you got to win two of those, I guess? Yep. So they'll play this Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it looks like. Monday is if necessary. So they get a week off. Yes, same as basketball. So you go, you, you get play. full rosters. That's great. The winner of each of those matchups then advances to that final eight College World Series. That is broken down into two double elimination brackets of four. The winner of those two comes out in the College World Series finals, best of three finale. Unreal. Do you like the setup? I really do. Yeah it becomes just crunch time right now. Like it's every game has so much importance at this point. For sure. So now I just wanted to speed run and catch everybody up to date. I get watching 64 teams compete in double in 16 double elimination brackets is a lot of stuff going on at one time. I was struggling just trying to keep up with it this weekend. Give us a rundown, Maddie. Make it easy for everybody. Now we're going to the super regionals. That's just 16 teams. They're only playing one team apiece. So this is yep. a lot easier to follow. I wanted to recap the regionals real quick. So now Beautiful. we can concentrate on what's going to happen next weekend. Number one overall seed is Tennessee. They obviously went three and zero in their group of four. Uh, However, they did come back in each of the final two games. They were down 4 nothing in both. The last game, they scored six runs in the top of the ninth to take the lead and win, um, all starting with a Jordan Beck RBI double to tie it up. Now, if they lost that game, they would then play the same team again. So it didn't make that. It's not like it was win or go home, but right, right. they got the job done, finished it off. Now, when I say all these seeds, it's just in the four teams that they're playing. So no Notre Dame was number two in their group of four. But okay. number two, Notre Dame goes 3-0 and in their uh, regional. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Two hit-by-pitches put them ahead in their semifinal. Ugh. 
And then Texas Tech loaded the bases in the eighth and ninth inning in the final, and Notre Dame escaped each time. They were only up by one run with the bases loaded twice in the last two innings. So oh, man. they kind of skipped along in a unique way, I guess, to say the least. Next one, number one seed Texas goes 3-0 and in theirs. And I, would, I wanted to pause here because Ivan Melendez – nicknamed Oof. the Hispanic Titanic is the absolute story of Texas's season. In my opinion, he's put together a historic run and this weekend he capped that off with home run number 30 of the season. Uh, that's a milestone that nobody has touched since Chris Bryant in 2013, when he hit 31. Wow. That is a mark that. Ugh. So right now, Ivan Melendez is the projected 115th overall pick, which puts him in like the third, third, round, I think. Yeah. third or fourth round. That seems so high That's for him. It's got to change. I mean, yeah, that has to change. What, what position does he play? First base. Expect Ivan Melendez to move up because if you're putting up Chris Bryant numbers, that's yes, that's he's 22. I mean, this is somebody that we could see do like a Reed Detmers jump where you get drafted and you just basically play a yeah. few games in the minors and, and jump up. If he keeps swinging up like that, there's no, there's absolutely no chance he stays. Well, there's no way he's going to stay at that number. I would, I would be shocked. I mean, is that not a preseason estimate or that's current? That's where he's... No, I think they updated at one point through the huh. season, but it might be a little old. Yeah. Um, there are only 21 people, 21 Division I NCAA players that have hit more home runs than him in a, in a singular season. Wow. So expect him to jump up because that's really nuts. If, if he doesn't, we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. But next up is number one seed ECU. They went three and one. So they dropped, uh, they made it to the final without losing. They dropped a game to Coastal Carolina and then they beat them the following day in order to advance to their super regional. ECU has just one of the most electric environments. I'm not sure if you've seen any of the players do like yeah. the jungle jump and stuff where they jump into the, uh, into the stands. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Bryson Worrell, I had to give that guy a shout-out because he's a monster. He hit four home runs this weekend, including in the final. He went four for four with a walk, triple, and home run. Uh, he's the guy that hit a home run lefty got and pushed righty. by the umpire? Is he the guy that got pushed by the umpire after he hit the – Possibly. It, it was an okay. ECU player. But yeah. he, he hit a home run lefty and righty in the same inning of game one. So that's pretty <sighs> nuts too. Good for him, man. Um, moving quickly along here. Uh, Texas A&M, they went 3-0 and in college in the College Station Regional. They were the number one seed. Nothing super intriguing there. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, Louisville. They went um, – Louisville went 3-1. and So they had to play Michigan twice in order to knock them out. They actually yeah. played them three times overall. They played them and lost, so they went to the loser's bracket. Then they won in the loser's bracket, played Michigan again in the final, won – then played them again in the final one. Dang. So they, uh, Cameron Masterman, I tweeted a bunch of photos of his because he had the pimp job of the century. Eighth inning go-ahead home run for Louisville. That was a lot of fun to see. Next up, number two, Oklahoma, actually upset number one, Florida, in Gainesville, uh, which is 
believe, a tough place to play. So mm -hmm. shout out to Oklahoma. Number one, Virginia Tech. They went 3-0 in their regional. Uh, this is the first time they've advanced to Super Regionals in school history. So congrats to them. That's awesome. I've seen some different names here. Like, who's the Wolves? Yeah, no, there's um, – this is – a lot of the big schools don't make it like an NC state because all of the small conferences automatically get to send one of their teams in whoever won the conference championship. So there's a lot of team names that you might not be super familiar with. Yeah. Uh, you know, Binghamton, Long Island, Missouri state. These are teams that might not normally be in the national spotlight, but they get to make it, which is cool. To see. Great. Yeah. All right, moving right along. Number one, Stanford. They got put into the losers bracket in their regional, um, and then they made it out of that. They were losing three to one in the ninth inning of their final game, that being against Texas State. And they hit a walk off. They scored three runs in the ninth. So good for Stanford. I felt like there was a lot of that action going on throughout the whole weekend. I felt like Twitter was just alive with people talking about everybody's walk-offs and comebacks and, and yep. college baseball was hot on the weekend. That's for sure. Yeah, no big college baseball weekend. Brock Jones, he plays at Stanford. We had talked about him when we foreshadowed the, uh, the college baseball season and he's projected first rounder in this upcoming draft. So uh, to see him get to move on is cool. This was yeah. a fun, controversial, interesting, whatever you want to call it. Number three seed, UConn, beat number one, Maryland, Maryland playing at home. Uh, so UConn beat Maryland to send them to the loser's bracket. Maryland then reached the finals, and UConn took them two games, but they beat them again. Um, did you see this collision at first base? I did, all? and the runner was called out, right? Yes. So How – was that in the championship? Is that in the deciding game? This is the deciding game. Uh, Maryland is down by, I think, two runs, and they start an eighth inning rally. And that the inning and the rally end because the batter running to first collided with the first baseman, who we could say was in the base pass. Was standing on the base. Standing on, on the, the base. base, yeah. And um, giving the runner no running room or running lane to run through at all. And then there was a collision and the runner was called out. It makes no sense. But once again, for some reason, an umpire feels, how do they not come together if there's more than one umpire and go, you know what, uh, that's a bit of a, hey, let's, let's take it back, take a minute, let's look at what happened and then we can make a decision. Even if you got it wrong, it's okay to say, guys, I'm sorry, we got it wrong. If we, now that we've looked at it, this is the decision that we're going to, but no, they've just, that they don't do that. No. No, that's and that's one of the things uh, Jimmy says a lot that it's okay to be wrong. Like we'd rather you get it right rather than just stick to the call because that's what I said first. Yes, that's almost like a this is the way we've always done it answer, right. which is I would rather punch someone in the mouth if I get that answer. Yeah, so Maryland baseball fans cannot be too pleased this morning to be honest no. with you because seeing your team eighth inning rally, they I mean the they scored a run on that play. I think they were within one and rallying. And all of a sudden, it was just stopped at a halt because runner was called out at first. And that will kill any kind of momentum you have. Oh, yeah. 
Next up, we have uh, UNC. This is the team that won against NC State in the conference tournament. They were the number one seed in their group, and they escaped from the loser's bracket another one. Um, they outscored VCU 26 to 11 in the final two games. Wow. This is the next one, and I think the last one that I want to get your real opinion on. Yeah. Number two, Arkansas defeated number one, Oklahoma State, in a heated Stillwater matchup regional. First of all, before anything else, there were a ton of runs scored in right. this part of the bracket. You have the first matchup between Arkansas and Oklahoma State, 20 to 12. Oklahoma State then goes on to face Missouri State in the loser's bracket, 29 to 15. Arkansas then plays Oklahoma State in the final. Oklahoma State survives 14 to 10. Do they just not have any pitching? I don't know. But the final day was a seven to three, which is more of a, a normal baseball score. But right. still, I mean, You'd think really what, high scoring. What was the what was what was it like for these teams to get to this point? Like, did they have a couple of days off before the start of this 64 yeah. team? Right. So it wasn't like they were saving their race for the last game or, no. or they were – okay, so this is just an offensive two, bracket. Two offensive. Yeah, two offenses. Now, this is why I brought it up that I wanted to get your opinion. Did you see – I think his name is Rock Riggio. No. Did you see his two home run trots? So I'm have a look right now, though. So he, in their first game against um, Arkansas – OSU's Rock Riggio hit a home run. Spell it for me. R-O-C-R-I-G-G-I-O. Okay. He hit a home run when he was rounding first base. He did a little, uh, like, let's get loud. Like, let me hear it. Right. And then rounding third base, he did the, if I said Jack Sparrow walk. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. He did okay. that around third base, right? Yeah. Big celebration after hitting home, this and that. People, especially Arkansas fans, did not take this well. They did not like to see it. So the following day, he hit another home run and absolutely sprinted around the bases the whole way. He, like, made it first to home in, like, 15 seconds or something like that. What is your opinion? What do you prefer? First of all, do you like any kind of home run trot? Or... <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> I've just watched your tweet, yeah, dude. First of all, the guy loses his glove on that trying to trying to rob the home run on the on the last one. Did you see that? The no, center fielder, the center fielder lost his glove, so that <laughs> in itself is hilarious. But to do the Jack Sparrow, I've never seen that originality. Nine out of ten, awesome. I think it was well executed as well. You could tell exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. But then the sprint afterwards was hilarious. But the fact that they lost. Uh, that kind of hurts. Yeah. So now this morning, there's been a number of Arkansas fans on Twitter saying, who cares this and that? No, on Twitter. That's not like Twitter. No, exactly. That's Rock Riggio. I mean, what an electric, what an electric series though. Yeah. That's, that's why people are, are obviously getting fired up about college baseball right now. That kind of emotion, that kind of, you could see the crowd. 
there, there's been some some loud stadiums that I've heard. And when the other day when they were doing the ball five thing and I saw that video floating around, I like I just as a college kid having to deal with that kind of pressure yeah. with yeah. the whole crowd is just ball five. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I honestly don't know what I would do. I'd hope that I'd throw a strike, but man. That's that needs to be I, I, we need a big league team to bring that in somewhere. Yeah. Someone that's yeah, got some really good pitching. Maybe the Yankees have got some decent pitching at the moment. Some say. Not to jinx it. Yeah, please. But we have uh, four more regional matches. Yes, you here. do. Ole Miss advanced past Arizona in their final. Tim Elko hit three home runs in the final game, and they put up a 20 spot on Arizona to advance. So good for Ole Miss. Yeah. This next one, let's just be happy that Kelsey is not here. Number one seed, Southern Miss, knocked out number two seed, LSU, yesterday. After LSU had made it to the finals, not having lost, they got knocked out. Back-to-back losses to Southern Miss. Shout out Southern Miss. Sorry, Kelsey. Watching the video now, Southern Miss dogpiled each other on the field after advancing. Oof. Well, good for Southern Miss. Good for Southern (laughs) Miss. And we've got a positive coming the next one because Tim Hudson and the Auburn Tigers advance. Tim Hudson, pitching coach extraordinaire, apparently. Look at the scores of the Auburn games. Are you on that? No, I'm on that 19-7 win, 21-7 win, 9-0 against UCLA to take the whole thing. Holy cow. They just pranced through. And then this last one is also intriguing because, man, do you have some names on the Vanderbilt lineup, but they got knocked (laughs) out by Oregon State. They had beaten them once, 8-1 in the first game. And then they had to beat them again and couldn't do it. Oregon State advanced. Man, like Vandy is the it's the premium program in college baseball. Would you say? Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. So. That's got to be frustrating. Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. Enrique Bradfield had a crazy catch yesterday. I also saw him starting rallies. Create. Oh, he stole third, I think, or second, and. The ball got away and he advanced home. He Enrique Bradfield did a lot for Vanderbilt in this last game. They continually tried to get back into the lead. It just didn't happen for him. But hey, shout out to Oregon State as well. And that well done, Maddie. That is college well baseball. I hope that didn't ramble on for too long. I know that there's just a ton of games. Guess what? Even if it did, you can edit it because you yeah. did that. So well done to you. Nice recap. Well Thank done. Thank you. Now I have a better understanding of what happens in college baseball too. So I appreciate you for that. Yeah, no. And now we're down to 16 teams, eight, right. eight different matchups. So if you're Starting looking from for a, Friday. Yeah. If you're looking for a time to just tune into a little bit of college baseball, there's 16 teams left. There's eight matchups that you have to follow. Hopefully that makes it a little more digestible. And then the weekend after that, we'll be into the college world series. So that's awesome. Fun. Speaking of digestible. Mm. The weekly news flash. Yeah. A lot of MLB, MLB debuts. I'm not going to read all these. 
Okay. But to shout out a few, Josh Smith, we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ezekiel Duran, we know. Yep. Then a few pitchers here. Ethan Small debuted for the Brewers. He was yep. very good in the fall league last year. Caleb Killian, another. Oh, no. Ethan Small was in Leadum, I believe. Caleb Killian, very good in the fall league. So <laughs> Cody Clemens is an exciting Tigers prospect. Has he got a hit yet? Uh, I don't believe I've seen okay. one. Okay. After that, though. Um, yeah. We have some sad news. We the do. number one pitching prospect in baseball, Grayson Rodriguez, is potentially out. That was the report online until 2023 with a lat injury, which sucks because his last two starts in AAA, he threw seven scoreless with 10 strikeouts. And then the one where he got taken out of the game with injury, he was throwing five and two thirds scoreless and he gets, gets taken out with an injury. It just sucks because that trajectory in AAA being the number one pitching prospect in baseball on the Orioles, yeah. we had to have expected to see him soon, and now we have to potentially wait a full year. That just sucks. So the notes here says that he was scheduled to make his major league debut on June 7th. Is that, is that, was that officially out there? Was that news out there that he was going to make his debut on June 7th? If that's the case too, that's even that's worse. Even worse, exactly. And it's a lat injury too. I've never, that's one of the one injuries that I've never had to deal with, but I've seen guys that have, and it's just, man, it's like, it's like anything. Once you get it strong enough, you'll be fine. But that, that sucks for him. This says that that was expect him to begin 2023 as part of the big league rotation if he doesn't come back at September this year. So, well, that's good. That's good. But yeah, just wish that we were able to see him. Same. Honestly. Same with Josh Smith injury. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. Get well, get 10-day IAL, get yourself strong, come back and keep raking. We got to bring him on again. Yeah. We need to hear about this debut. Yeah, for sure. And did you hear about Christopher Morell? Yeah, this guy's raking. You see, well, first of all, his first about was a home run. That's that kid, right? The first about Mm -hmm. was a home run, packed Wrigley Field, like crazy. Now he's reached base 19 times with either a hit, walk, or hit by pitch. 19 consecutive games. Yeah, to start his career which that is the longest on base streak to start a career by any active player. Next in line's Bo Bichette, who did it 17 straight games. So unbelievable. this won't, well, by the time you're listening to this, maybe that streak has been broken, but get off to a start, huh? Why'd you put a moz on him like that, Matty? No, no, no. By the time you're hearing this, you have continued your on base streak and well done. That's what I said. I don't know why you said you probably don't. Stop. Hey, you see this? Uh, no, I don't have a zoom up right now. Oh boy. This, I see it now. This, this is what this made its, it's made its uh, national debut on the weekend too. Cause I had this in my bag from when we did our podcast on Monday. Yeah, You said it, I on brought air. it up in, I didn't say any of them on air, but I handed it to Chip Carey and I said, Hey, just in case you need to understand what I'm saying, I've got a book for you that can, <laughs> can give you. So it was pretty funny. But nice. for you, you need to tell yeah. when to stop. Are you ready? Yep. So stop. Ooh, early on. Aerial ping pong. Aerial ping pong. Aerial ping pong. There is a. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the actual description. You ready? The name given to Australian rules football by supporters of the nation's imported football codes, rugby and soccer, Aussie rules 
is distinguished by its players' high-flying pursuit of the the ball. Rugby is in turn referred to by Australian rules fans as cross-country wrestling. Do you need me to explain that? If you don't mind. There is a difference between Australian rules football and rugby. Most people think that it's the same thing. It's completely different. Australian rules football is man-on-man, 18-on-18, all around an oval field, whereas rugby is similar to American football where it's offense, defense, someone has the ball, and you're trying to run into each other and trying to break through. So what's up with this aerial ping-pong nonsense? So... There is a rivalry between codes in Australia. Most people that support rugby only support rugby and most people that support Australian rules football only support Australian rules football. So it's like flinging shit at the other side. Oh, well, your game's just a bunch of aerial ping pongers running around trying it. Whereas the rugby guy's like, well, we could just get each other and just beat the shit out of each other. You know, it's like... Aerial ping pong is just the word used for like verbal back and forth. Correct. We call them a speckies. If you're taking a big, if you're taking a big mark, it's a specky. Oh, it's a spectacular catch or a specky. That's a good one. Two Aussie lingos in one week. Spoil me silly. Oh well. Hey. We we did it, Maddie. I think we did it. I think so. This has been another episode of Farm to Fame. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Kessie will be back at some point. She's off. Jamaica ring right now. But until then, keep farming, farm on, farm often. See you next week.